Hello, and welcome back to the Rose Rambles. This is a podcast where I, Angel Rose, do in fact ramble. I ramble on topics I find really fascinating with people who I find really interesting. So grab yourself a hot cup of coffee or your favorite glass of wine, and let's get rambling. I am personally so sick of the narrative that for women, and I would say especially for mothers, self-care should be taking a hot shower, right? Self-care should be washing your hair when it's long overdue. Uh, Self-care is maybe doing your errands by yourself. Maybe you're getting groceries without the kids. But when I say these things out loud, and I don't know how you feel, but when I hear them out loud, I think, no, that doesn't sound like self-care. That sounds like survival, right? That sounds bare minimum, ground level stuff. (laughs) And I also understand that in those first few years of motherhood, there isn't a lot of time in the day allotted for ourselves. We are learning how to raise and care and nurture for an entire other human. And that takes up a lot of time. But I think we need to find ways to love ourselves, mind, body, and spirit throughout all stages of our lives. And it really begins, I would say, in childhood. I think to a certain extent, we were all born with the tools and the skills to maintain proper self-care. I know that when I was younger, I spent a lot of time reading. I did a lot of writing, journaling, and those things brought me a lot of joy. So I did them as often as I could. I never thought bubble baths and painting my nails and doing my hair were wastes of time. They were just things I enjoyed doing and I just savored every moment of them. I ate foods I thought were delicious. I watched movies that made me laugh. I did activities that were rewarding and fun, and I did all of that with zero guilt. It was just something that made me happy, so I did it. As I got older, I realized I started to feel a lot of guilt for putting too much time aside to do those things I cared so much about. Things that brought me joy, things that helped maintain a decent level of self-care, and suddenly, things like reading for leisure didn't really exist because I had to read all my college textbooks. And then there wasn't much time for sports or activities when I was working full-time and going to school. And I was maintaining a home and fostering a relationship. And then I got married and I had children. They added to the mix. And then the time allotted for me to take care of myself just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. As the years went on, I found myself really low and really struggling to fight my depression and my anxious thoughts because, I mean, in a sense, I was running on empty. I continued to pour and pour and pour from my own cup into all these other little sections of my life, like motherhood and being a partner and working and maintaining a home, friendships, family, but I was never pouring into my own cup anymore, right? And so... My journey to proper self-care has been long overdue, and I've really stepped up for myself in the last year to make sure that I am putting the oxygen mask on myself before I care for anybody else. And that analogy is so important in this episode and in my life because I take it so very literally. Like, if I am not taking care of me, there is no way that I'll be okay enough to take care of anybody else. So I thought today we could talk a bit about the goals I set for myself because they're not always achieved. Let's be honest. They're always attempted. And I think that those constant attempts 
are what have been key in the mental shift I needed to be able to even begin this journey to make sure that I'm taking care of myself in all aspects all the time. Firstly, sleep. And damn, is sleep ever important? And I don't think I ever fully understood how your entire well-being depends on getting adequate sleep until I became a mother to multiple small children. I then realized <laughs> it is I then realized that I was always running on fumes and my mental health issues were magnified, my moods were all over the place. Oh gosh, my eating was all over the place and I literally had no energy to even get up and move my body. Getting enough sleep for your lifestyle and the energy levels that you're going to need to maintain is truly one of the most important forms of self-care. Shutting off the TV early, unplugging from technology, taking a sleep supplement if that's what you need, just doing what it takes to make sure your body is resting enough to keep you healthy and happy. It's totally something we take for granted when we're kids. We love to stay up late and as teenagers, we go out and party. And then you get to the age where you realize how valuable sleep truly is. And that by that point, I think so many of us have formed so many unhealthy relationships with our sleep schedule that it is really difficult to change. And that's where I was at. Even before I had kids, I did not have a good relationship with sleep, I would say. I am by nature a nighttime kind of person. I feel more comfortable and more alive in the evening. And society is not set up for those kind of people. <laughs> and so I would be up late, either working on something or with the kids. And then the day starts, right? And like there's school and responsibilities and someone needs breakfast. And I never really planned to make sure that I was getting that sleep and my body and my mind suffered immensely because of it for a very long time and ongoingly still to be honest I'm still working on that and that's why it's at the very top of my list <laughs> the second thing that I think is really important and I never really considered it important before was gut health and I started dealing with all these weird physical symptoms a few years ago and I was trying to get to the bottom of it and I realized that your gut is so telling of your entire physical health. Like, I know we don't like to talk about poop, but I'm telling you guys, like, your poop is really going to tell you what your health is. And so I think it's something people need to talk about more. Like, your gut health really kind of leaks into your mental health and your whole physical health. And sleeping ties into gut health. Like, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a naturopath and I'm not going to go ahead and like give you guys information <laughs> and like medical recommendations, but I will tell you that it is on my list because when you start doing the research and you reach out to professionals, you will see that gut health really is all over the map when it comes to your self-care. Like you need to be addressing it and making sure that you're healthy and regular. I'm doing a lot of poop talk. I'm sorry. I didn't know it was going to happen, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> um, let's move on to moving your body. And for each person that's going to look different, I think that I should specify that you should move your body in a way that is enjoyable to you. Because I think that forced exercise for like a very specific goal can be really draining. 
and really detrimental in a lot of ways. So I like to go on hikes and I like to walk in the wilderness and I like to explore. And for me, like organized sports are not really my jam and getting sweaty in a public jam is like not really my jam either. (laughs) And there's literally zero hate to people who really enjoy that. I think it's really cool. Um, and I am very envious, but I like to just get out there. And so if I allot some time for myself to spend exploring and walking and moving my body in nature, I find myself to be way happier, right? So it's something that I put on my list really high up because it's one of those things that's going to keep me happy and healthy. Something I have on my list that I attempt on the regular is being more organized. And gosh, if I didn't really step up my game this year, I went through cupboards and closets and I just purged everything that I didn't really think I needed. I did a little Marie Kondo action. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest, I watched, I learned, I implemented, and I felt so good just like getting rid of things that was, things that were just hanging around, you know, that I didn't have use for, that the kids didn't need anymore. And then another thing I did to be more organized is I started making lists. And if I'm going to an appointment or a meeting, I sometimes even write out talking points or things that are important for me that I don't want to forget. And this just helps me feel more prepared and more organized. And when I do these things, my anxious brain feels a little more calm. And that for me is major self-care. Like anything that takes the edge off for me, anxiety wise, feels really helpful and really important. So yeah, it's just something I've been doing. I've been making the lists and I've been purging the stuff I don't need and getting rid of the clutter and I feel really good. I genuinely feel really good about it. And so yeah, it's something that I'm just constantly working on. And I think it's funny how many of these steps kind of intertwine because the organization and like cleanliness um, really falls into also like sleep because I need my room to not be chaos, which it usually is because the kids throw everything in there. And it's kind of like a catch-all throughout the day. Like if there's stuff in other rooms, I just bring them to my room. And then at the end of the day, I found I would go to bed and I'd be like, oh shit. Like now I have this whole hour of time I need to spend getting rid of all this junk in my room. So now I try to avoid that. I try to make sure that I keep my personal space, like spaces that belong only to me in the house, like my office and my bedroom, really clean and organized and it helps me be more productive and it helps me get better sleep which is top of our list if you forgot and it just makes me feel good about myself you know to have these like little corners of the house that are just for me and they are put together and they don't cause me any stress or any anxiety so yeah that's been really important to me it kind of that was funny how some of these are trickling together The most simple thing on my self-care list is making sure I take time to take deep breaths, to meditate. I come up to my office and I light a candle and I burn some incense and I just breathe and I clear my mind and I focus all my energy into what is important to me and it just feels so good 
to make sure I have time. Sometimes I do it first thing in the morning. Sometimes I sneak away midday at some point, And sometimes it, I don't really have time for it till bedtime, but I always make sure I have that time to just do that, just to take a step back and take a deep breath and to just be, right? As a mom of three, I am literally always listening to something. I'm listening to Coco Melon blaring in the background. I got two girls singing their hearts out. I got truck sounds and PlayStation. And there's so many noises throughout the day that I'm so grateful for those few moments of quiet whenever I take them. And so it's really important to me to prioritize that on my self-care because, I mean, who would have thought that quiet... (laughs) Breathing and quietness is self-care when you're 31. Who would have thunk it, guys? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but it is really valuable to me and really important. And I feel like since I've made the commitment to take that time every day, I am a much happier, calmer, kinder person. And I've got some people in my life who need me to be that version of me. So it's something that I'm going to continue on with. And it's something that I've really been enjoying. It also frees my mind up for creativity when I'm meditating and when I'm taking those deep breaths. I'm taking them right now. I'm talking about it and I'm like, <sighs> just do it with me, guys. Let's do a meditation. <laughs> no, but it it allows my mind to open and then I have all these ideas, which brings me to my next point, which is bringing back things that made me really happy in childhood. And I talked a bit at the beginning of this podcast about um, how I used to read so much and journal so much. I used to write poetry and I used to write songs. I am a really musical person as well. And I found that over the last 15, I would say maybe 10, 15 years, I lost that in myself. I stopped reading things that I enjoyed. I stopped writing completely in any form and I realized how depressing that was that it was something that I was relatively good at and I really enjoyed it as an outlet and I kind of took it away from myself right so then I'm meditating and my mind's opening up and I have all these ideas and I just found myself putting pen to paper all the time and I was writing ideas for things I was writing little poems. At one point, I don't know what happened, but I think I was writing a short story. I I was like, wow, this is very lengthy. I think I'm writing a story. But the point is that I allowed myself to do something creative and important, and it really took off. So I've been reading a lot. I've been writing. I've been singing loudly in the shower, which is another really important one to me. I mean, I've been singing really loudly pretty much everywhere these days. Um, And that kind of brings me into probably one of the most important things that I do to practice self-care is I let go. I let go of people's expectations of me and my expectations of myself. I let go of fear of people thinking certain things about me, maybe being laughed at because that was something that was really clouding over me for a long time. I just let go. I let go of people that were bringing me down. I let go of just anything that I felt wasn't 
wasn't, I don't like saying it wasn't serving me because that feels like a weird thing to say. (laughs) I don't like that saying really in particular, but I just let go. Right. And learning how to let go of things is really top notch form of self-care because if you're someone like me who spent their life, like holding on for dear life to things that don't even bring you any joy or anything rewarding, holding on to people and experiences and places for no reason, when you finally just let go, it's very, it's very cool what you get. You just get this freeing feeling of like, I can pretty much do whatever the fuck I want (laughs) because I don't care if someone else thinks it's weird or silly or anything, you know, like I'll sing loudly in public and be silly with my kids I never worry about if I'm laughing too loudly or bothering anybody. I just exist fully, authentically as me, and I don't apologize for it, and I let go of any ill feeling that I used to have about being me, if that makes sense. I feel like it's making a lot of sense in my brain, and I'm talking out loud thinking like, (laughs) we may be lost in translation, but... I guess what I'm trying to say is I've let go of people's expectations of me and I've allowed myself to live in a way that feels genuine and true to me. And it's been really good. Allowing yourself to be silly and laugh more and not take yourself so seriously is a really freeing and really badass thing to do, I think. And it is yeah, really good for your spirit and your heart. And when we talk about self-care... I think a lot of people just always go towards the physical sense, like, oh, make sure you're eating and exercising and don't forget those hot showers we're all allowed to take once a week. (laughs) But self-care is so much deeper than that. It's emotional, you know, it's like mental, mind, body, spirit kind of stuff. And, you know, if you're like a religious person, maybe you would practice self-care by pulling closer to your faith. And if you're an artist, you would spend more time working and perfecting your working on sorry and perfecting your art and so yeah just really looking at self-care from like a multi-dimensional kind of place really shifts your perspective on what it is and what it means for you because I know at first I thought I need time to do a face mask and a mani-pedi and then as I started exploring this I realized that's not even important to me right? Like I don't even want to spend the little time I get doing those kinds of things, at least not all the time. And so really, yeah, it's like a soul searching kind of thing, right? Like you have to find what it is that you want to prioritize and almost like, I hate saying like number them, but like make sure you're prioritizing the ones that are the most important to you, right? So that they don't slip through the cracks again and you're starting back at square one even though I do think that if you're attempting self-care at all like it's all valid and important so I don't know it's like if you are someone who feels really rewarded and complete by taking care of your physical health then I think you 100% should do that but for me it was more coming at it from all of these angles I think the last thing I really want to talk about, and this would pertain almost directly to motherhood, is not to let anyone minimize your needs. 
I found that friends and family, when I was a new mother, and maybe even still, they would say these things if I allowed these kinds of conversations, but they would say like, well, you're a mom now, so this is just how your life is, or yeah, well, you don't deserve sleep. It was, it was very much so like, well, too bad for you. You chose to have these kids and now you don't get to ever do anything for yourself. And I think that's a really shitty way of looking at parenthood. If we go back to the gas mask reference, we should be encouraging and explaining to mothers that they need to practice self-care in any way they can in any time that they have, right? Like, let's be realistic, like we said before, but just kind of brushing people off and saying like, well, too bad for you. You don't get this anymore. Maybe in 18 years. It's just such a shitty way, I think, of approaching self-care. And then it creates so much more guilt. And moms don't need any more reasons to be guilty. We have plenty. And (laughs) we will all tell you that we experience it regularly. We don't need more reasons to feel guilty. And so I think normalizing moms, parents, not losing who they are, right? It doesn't have to be like you either have kids or you take care of yourself. They can both go hand in hand. There's going to be adjustments and it's not going to be the same pre and post family, pre and post motherhood, but it's achievable. It definitely is, especially if you have help, right? Whether you have family around or a partner in the home or a really great co-parenting relationship with your child's parent, other parent. Uh, Maybe you can afford staff help, which is amazing. And you have the opportunity to do things for yourself. Just whatever the way that you achieve it, do it. And if you don't have those opportunities and you're really riding solo, my heart is with you, firstly. And secondly, 10 minutes, 10 minutes after the kids are sleeping, do one thing that feels good for you, you know, do one thing that makes you feel a bit more whole, makes you feel a bit more nurtured. And slowly, you'll start to see you'll you'll make more time for those things. It's funny how sometimes we just pull time out of our ass. Like I used to think I had absolutely no time to meditate. I was like, who the fuck? (laughs) Who the fuck just sits there in the dark? And what would you hum? I literally am embarrassed at how laughable I thought meditation was. And then I started practicing it and my mental health was 100% improved. And I was a calmer, kinder parent. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Should have been doing this maybe for from the get go. (laughs) Maybe you shouldn't be laughing at all those really deep breaths everyone was taking because I could have used a couple a few years ago. Um, And I I think that kind of speaks to if you're someone who really doesn't practice self-care, things can seem stupid or like a waste of time to you. Like I just thought, who's doing that? And you know who's doing it? Happy whole people. That's who's doing it. Yeah. In short, I make sure I get enough sleep or I'm always trying to make sure I get enough sleep. I try to take care of my gut health. I'm always striving for better gut health and making sure I'm maintaining that for reasons that we discussed before. (laughs) I am moving my body in a way that feels fun 
and happy and not like a punishment. And I think that's been really pivotal for me in bringing um, physical health and uh, physical movement into my day is just making sure that it doesn't feel like a punishment. Like, oh, you had a, a Big Mac. You better work out for an hour. It's like, no, I nourished my body with whatever I chose. And now I'm going to go walk around in the bush for an hour and see what kind of stuff I can see. And looking at it from that perspective completely shifted how I take care of my body. It was like, okay, you don't have to punish yourself. You can enjoy moving your body. So sometimes it's even just like a simple shift of perception, making time for it, not because you have to, because you did something bad, but because it's good for your physical health and it's enjoyable, right? It's something you enjoy because if you're not enjoying it, how is it self-care? And what else did we talk about? We talked about nourishing your body. We talked about nourishing your soul, nourishing your mind, you're sleeping, you're checking your gut health, you're moving your body. We're organizing our spaces and especially the spaces that are pertinent to us. So your office, your bedroom, you know, a room of maybe your backyard, somewhere in your home that is just for you. Make sure that it is organized and tidy and it's like a little haven for you, right? To escape, to have that time for yourself that is so important. Maybe bring back some things that you did when you were younger that brought you a lot of joy. Really just take time to figure out who you are right now, what you want to do to maintain some sort of level of self-care, and just go for it. Just friggin' go for it. It's like, it's not something that you can sit and plan forever. Like once you know what is important to you, you just got to start living it. And I know I sound like it's super easy and I know for a fact it's not. And it's consistently a work in progress for me. But another thing on my self-care list that seems so silly, but is so important to me is just allowing myself to feel having a good cry alone in the dark. (laughs) That sounds very emo, very angel circa 2005 here, but sometimes we feel a lot of shame for, you know, maybe overexpressing or feeling very deeply. And I used to feel a lot of shame about it. And now I just let myself feel whatever I feel. And it's very cool to just cry and then move on. I don't have to like stuff it inside and deal with it another time and let it fester. I can fully feel things and then let them go. I know I'm very, it's revolutionary. I'm very grown up, (laughs) but that's self-care to me. That's implementing things that are going to change how you feel about yourself. It's implementing things that are going to allow for you to have a better life. That's self-care. So yeah, I thought that maybe this would be enlightening for some of you and maybe for some of you it would just be a reminder that you are worthy of self-love and self-care and you deserve to have time to do these things that are important to you. And so I will leave you with that. Thank you so much for listening and uh, I'll catch you next week.